after that. I don't know what your problem is. Holy cow. Um, hey, we are excited to have you guys here. Uh, I know Stephen just prayed, but I want to I wanna kick us off in prayer again before we uh, launch into what we're going to do today. All right, so let's pray. Let's pray really quick. Father, I thank you so much for today. And God, I thank you that Jesus has beaten our enemy. Father, I thank you that Jesus is alive today. And so everything in us, as we're going to talk about this morning, that we think holds us back has already been beaten. Father, I thank you that everything outside of us, God, the world that we talked about next week as we close the series out uh, next week, the devil, all of our enemies have been defeated because of Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that right now you would come and that you would move in this place at this time. God, I believe that everybody's here, not by accident, because, God, you have brought them here to meet with them, to speak to them, and to change lives. Father, we anticipate what you're going to do today. We love you in your name. Amen. Amen. If you've got a Bible with you, go ahead and let's open up to Romans chapter 13. Uh, Romans chapter 13, verse 14. We're going to be in a really uh, short verse, one verse of Scripture today. Romans 13, verse 14. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine because the words are going to be up here on the screen behind me. But um, as you're turning there to Romans chapter 13, let me, let me ask you guys a question. And if you're bold enough to do this, you can answer by raising your hand, okay? But how many of you, here we are, we're, we're just a couple of weeks into 2012, I think three weeks in 2012. How many of you, though, would be honest enough to admit, maybe even by raising your hand, we're in church, I know it's hard to be honest in church, but I think we can pull through this together this morning. How many of you, though, would be honest enough to admit that you made a New Year's resolution and you have already broken that New Year's resolution. Their hands just shot up, praise the Lord. Hands all over the room. That's great. That's great. We, we celebrate your failure. We celebrate it with you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but there you go. So a lot of people have done that, right? We made a New Year's resolution. Hey, we're going to do this. And for some reason or another, we faced, we experienced already resistance, right? So maybe, maybe this was going to be the year for you. 2012 was going to be the year that you got into shape. You know what I mean? You were going to get into shape 2012. You, you, you've never been a runner before, but you bought a treadmill, right? You bought that treadmill, and you were going to run on that treadmill, and by February 1st, you were going to run 26.2 miles. It was going to be amazing. And you know, and God knows, that that treadmill is at your house right now, and all of your dirty clothes are hanging all over that treadmill. You, you know that at the end of the day now, it's just your hamper and you're never going to run on that thing, right? You, you faced resistance. Maybe 2012 was going to be the year that you started to eat healthy. You, you were going to eat better in 2012, right? Remember when you made that commitment and you walked into that convenience store and that Twinkie had you at hello? Can I get a witness, right? And you, it, was, it, it was over from that moment on. Or maybe 2012 was going to be the year that you got your finances in order. This was going to be the year you got your finances in order. This is going to be the year you got out of debt. This is going to be the year you started to save. And you came last week and you saw the commercial for spray-on hair. And you spent everything you had on a lifetime supply of spray paint hair. If you didn't get that, uh, if you didn't get that, well, we're sorry. But if you were here last week, God bless you for that, for that experience. We're sure it was a worshipful time, right? But you faced resistance. You faced resistance. And you, you, you know that's true. Even if you didn't make a New Year's resolution, have you, can, can, you, can you be honest enough to admit that you've experienced every time you've tried to make a significant decision, maybe you're going to do something with your life, you're going to try to start something new, something gets in the way. And listen, that will always be true when it comes to your relationship with Jesus. 
That will always be true when it comes to your relationship with Jesus. That will always be true when it comes to any, any step you want to take towards God. Anything that you think God would want to do in and through your life, you will always face resistance. Maybe you're here and, and you've, you've been a Christian for, for a while now, or, or maybe, you, maybe a couple weeks, months, decades, however long, and you know that in your Christian life there are things that you have looked at for years, for a while now, and you've wanted those things out of your life. And you look at that and you say, I'm never going to do that again. God, help me. I'm going to make the change. I'm going to do what's necessary to get this out of my life. And you made that decision, and yet here you are, weeks, months, years later, and you can look back, and whatever that is, is still there. It's, it's there when you wake up. It's there when you go to bed. And, you so, and so you made this decision. Things are going to change, and what's happened? You faced Well, today we are in part two of our series, Know Your Enemy. And what we're doing in this uh, series, three weeks, it ends next week, is we're talking about the enemies that the Bible says that we all have. And when we say all, we mean all. Christians and non-Christians, we all have these enemies. The world, we talked about the world last week. Today we're talking about the flesh. And next week we'll end this with the devil. But today, like I said, here we are, we're in the middle. If this is your first time with us, you picked a really good spot. We're talking about... The flesh. The flesh is one of our enemies. And so hopefully by this time you're at Romans chapter 13, verse 14. And like I said, if not, it's going to be up on the screen behind me. We say this every week. If you don't have a Bible at all, if you don't have one, we have free Bibles back there uh, in the auditorium. As you leave to your left, you can see a little ministry area. We've got green books called Next Steps. You can take those are free. New Bibles, if you want a new Bible, all that's free. If you don't have one or you just simply want a new one today. Romans chapter 13 Verse 14 is where we're at. Very short verse. So pay attention to this. Watch this. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. I think there's two things, really, that I just want us to see today. Two things today that if we're going to know the flesh and how the flesh works in our lives, I just, I just really want us to see two things today about the flesh so that we can know what it is and know how to attack the flesh and the way that it wants to work in our lives. Two things today, so if you're taking notes, two things. I want you to, here's the first thing that I want us to see today, that our greatest enemy is in us. Our greatest enemy, your greatest enemy, my greatest enemy is in you. It's in us. And see, so that might be kind of different for you because when we think about an enemy, when we think about an opponent, we think of somebody that's outside of us, right? You know what I mean? So if you're into sports, you're a sports fan, it's always easy to know who is on the opposing team. It's always easy to know who the opponent is, right? They have different jerseys. You're, you're in a war. It's, it's always easy to know who the enemy is in a war. They're shooting at you. Their bullets are leaving their guns and they're coming at you. Therefore, that's the enemy, Right? It's easy, to, it's easy to know who the enemy is typically because they're outside of us. We can, we can look at them, but the Bible says that your greatest enemy is not outside of you. Your greatest enemy is in you. And your greatest enemy is called the flesh. We saw it in verse 14. Don't make provision for the flesh. And here's what the Bible means when it talks about the flesh. When the Bible talks about the flesh, it means that part of you and that part of me that is hardwired to not obey God. 
When, when the Bible talks about the flesh, it means that part of you that's hardwired to not trust Him. When the Bible talks about the flesh, it means that part of you that's hardwired to call into question what the preacher says, what the Bible says. Well, is it really true? Is it true for everybody else, but probably not for me? The, the flesh is hardwired to question God. The, the flesh is hardwired to be against everything God would want to do in and through your life because the flesh is your greatest enemy that is in you. You woke up in the flesh. It's right there. You walked into the room and just by virtue of you being in the room this morning, you've brought your greatest enemy into the room because the flesh, it's in you. It's in you. And so the way that the flesh will work in your life is the flesh comes to you, like we said, and it's hardwired to be against everything God would want to do in your life. So the flesh will come to you and the flesh will look at you and the flesh will say, hey, don't forgive that person, right? Don't forgive that person. Remember what they did to you? Remember how bad they hurt you? Remember what they said about you? Remember what they said about your family? Don't forgive them. Hold on to that grudge. Don't forgive them. The, the flesh will come to you and the flesh will say to you, hey, you should have sex with that person. You're not married to them. Maybe you are married. Hey, you should have that affair. You should do that. The flesh will come to you and say, hey, you should look at that pornography. You've worked really hard. You deserve a little time to unwind. Look at that. Nobody else is going to know. You'll just do it once. It's not going to hurt anybody. All you're going to do is look at some stuff on the computer. The, the flesh will come to you and the flesh will do this. Have you ever noticed, Christians, have you ever noticed you sit down and you're going to read the Bible? Maybe this is just me. But have you ever noticed those times you're going to sit, you sit down and you say, I'm going to spend some time in the Word of God right now. Have you ever noticed, though, that in those moments, all of a sudden, every single thing that's on TV looks great and that you should watch it? Have you ever noticed that? You know, before those moments, you don't have any, you can't find anything on TV to watch. All the channels, they don't have anything on it. But every time you want to sit down to read the Bible, all of a sudden, everything on television looks good right? The, the flesh will say to you, hey, hey don't, don't go to church there. Stay in bed. You're going to miss a great game today. Don't, don't do that. The flesh will always give you an excuse to not do what God says because the flesh, that part in you and that part in me is hardwired to be against every single thing that God would want to do in your life and in my life. So your greatest enemy is in you. Your greatest enemy is in you. And so here's the second thing I want you to see today. The second thing that I want you to see today, I want you to see that because your greatest enemy is in you, we can either feed the flesh or starve it. We can either feed the flesh or we can starve the flesh. See, when he says in verse 14, he says, don't make any provision for the flesh. Your Bible might actually say this. Your Bible might actually say, don't feed the flesh. So to make provision for something, to make provision for the flesh, just means that you feed it. You give it what it wants. So the flesh comes to you and says, don't forgive that person. You say, all right, I'm not going to do that. I am not going to forgive that person. I'm not going to forgive them. I'm not going to let that go. I'm not going to let this anger go. I'm not going to let this bitterness go. I refuse to forgive them. The flesh comes to you and it says, you know what? Hey, you should have that affair. You should have sex with that person you're not married to. And you say, you know what? I'm going to do that. I mean, I've had people look at me before and say, you know what, Mark? I deserve that affair because my spouse doesn't appreciate me anymore. That's what the flesh will do to you. 
you, 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 you feed the flesh when you sit down and you're going to spend some time in the Word of God and you say to yourself, you know what, I will watch that 24-hour Law & Order marathon right now. I am going to, that sounds like a great use of my time. 24 hours. Dun, dun. Only Law & Order fans get that noise, by the way. Only Law & Order fans. I just lost a whole crowd. But praise the Lord for the people that get that joke. The flesh says, don't go to church. Hey, you know what? That's right. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to. I'm going to sleep in today. I'm not going to go. I'm going to watch that game today. See, the flesh will always, like we said, give you an excuse, give you a reason to not do what God wants you to do. And that's why the moment-to-moment decision for me and the moment-to-moment decision to you is, are we going to feed the flesh or starve it? Because you can either feed the flesh, give it what it wants, and the more you give the flesh what it wants, the more it grows and the more it bosses you around. See, that's the reason that some of you have little to no, little to no experience or knowledge of the presence of God in your life because you just keep giving the flesh what it wants. And it's growing, it's growing and growing, and you can either feed the flesh or starve it. And see, the way that you starve your flesh is by what he says in verse 14, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. So instead of feeding the flesh, you feed the Holy Spirit in your life. Instead of feeding the flesh and giving that part of you that doesn't want to obey God what it wants, you give yourself everything that, everything that it wants when it comes to obeying Jesus. So you do everything that you can to make sure you love Jesus more. You do everything you can to make sure that what he's called you to do, you keep it in front of you. You've got a clear focus on it. So instead of feeding the flesh, you're feeding the Spirit. See, so the flesh comes to you and the flesh will always point you to discouragement. Always point you to what you don't have. Always point you to other people and say, hey, look at how God's working in their life. He's not doing the same thing in your life. Listen, when the flesh comes to you and points you to discouragement, praise God anyway. Praise God anyway. Even if you don't feel like it, praise Him anyway. Because listen, when you do that, you're starving the flesh and you're feeding the Spirit in your life. Forgive that person. That grudge that you're tempted to hold on to, that person that you're tempted not to forgive, forgive that person. When the flesh says, hey, don't forgive them, listen, forgive them and forgive them 100 times every single day if you've got to forgive them 100 times a day. You see them walking around in Walmart, you want to walk up to them and punch them in the throat, forgive that person. Don't you do that, by the way. Don't you do that. Say, where'd you learn that? I go to Summit. We, they teach us that there. No, they don't. No, they don't. That just sounds, I mean, it sounds fun to say. Maybe that image is in your mind. You're writing notes. That's a good tip. No, it is not. Don't you do that. Why? Because you starve the flesh when you forgive what the flesh wants you to hold on to as a grudge. This is why it's important for you to be here every Sunday. That's why it's important for you to be here every single Sunday. And listen, listen, I'm not saying that there's not legitimate reasons to not go to church. Don't walk out of here and say, well, Mark said today that you can never miss church. There's no legitimate reasons to not. I didn't say that. The only reason you think that is because you're full of the devil. I didn't say that at all. But what I am saying... What I am saying, what I am saying is that if you can come, you should be here because here's why. There's a part of you that doesn't want to be here. Listen, we're going to say this next week. I'm going to say this next week when we close out this series, talking about the devil next week. I'm going to say it next week, but I'm going to say it right now. Even though I say it right now, you still come next week, all right, because it's going to be good. Don't you miss it. Don't use this as an excuse, all right? But here's next week. Next week we talk about the devil. Listen, the devil doesn't want to tempt you to worship the devil, right? 
When we talk about the devil, you've probably got this image in your mind, heads rotating, projectile vomit. You think that's what's happening next Sunday. That's not what's happening next Sunday. Satan is not going to tempt you to worship the devil so that all of a sudden you're sacrificing kittens in your basement and doing all this stuff. He's not going to do that. Here's all that Satan wants you to do, church. Listen to me. All that Satan wants you to do is quit. That's it. That's, he just wants you to quit. That's why it's important for you to be here because a part of you doesn't want to be here and every time you come, a little piece of you, the flesh, dies. And listen to me, I'm going to say this again next week, but I just want to say it again right now because we shouldn't, miss, we shouldn't miss the spiritual dynamic that's going on in the room right now. I don't know if you just think, hey, we're at church, the, the lights and the cool videos and these padded seats. Listen, Jesus says over and over in the Gospels, you look it up, parable of the soils is what it's called. Jesus says that right now in this room, Satan is at work distracting some people. He's going to be at work as soon as you leave, trying to get you to forget everything that we've talked about. Listen, listen. I want you to understand this point. I'm going to say it again next week, but I want to say it right now. Every time you miss, it's harder to come back. Can I get an amen? Man, some of you know that's true. Every time you miss, it's harder to come back. If you don't go to this church, maybe your church canceled that because of snow, you better not miss next Sunday. I'm going to find out where you go to church. And if we find out together, me and your pastor will be coming to your house. Your pastor might be crazier than me. But listen, every time you miss, it's harder to come back. Why? Because the flesh wants you to quit. See, he says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus is telling you, hey, put me on, he's telling you this morning, you can change. I don't know where you're at, but Jesus is telling you this morning, you can change. There is hope for you. You might have walked into the room this morning and you feel stuck. You feel like you're never going to take one step towards victory from that thing in your life. But I'm telling you this morning that the tomb is empty and you're not stuck. I'm telling you this morning that Jesus is alive and in Him you are more than a conqueror if you're a child of God and you are not stuck. The flesh is not your boss. Jesus is. Sin does not define you. Jesus does. But here's what I know. Here's what I know. Starving the flesh, feeding the flesh, feeding the Holy Spirit in our lives does not happen accidentally. Some of you, the reason that you've never seen any significant change in that area in your life is because all you've ever done is pray that God would take it away, but you've never taken one step of action to get rid of it. All you've ever done is you've, you've thought you could read the Bible enough, you could go to enough church services, you know and God knows that you keep going to that same empty well over and over and over and over and drinking from it. And I came to the stage today to say that it ends. Today's the day that it ends for you. See, some of you are here, you're not a Christian, and I said that the flesh is your enemy, and he is. And here's how the flesh works in your life. Some of you, you've been coming every single week to Summit for several weeks, and you know that you have never given your life to Jesus. You know that you need to be saved, but here's what you're thinking, and you're starting to think it right now. I'll do that next week. I'll do that next week. I'm going to put that off. Or if, the, if, that, if that's not the way the flesh is working in your life, here's what the flesh says to you every Sunday when it comes to this point. The flesh says to you this, hey, if you do that, if you give your life to Jesus, think about what you're going to give up. Think about what you're going to have to want. Hey, don't do that now. 
See, feeding the flesh, starving the flesh, and feeding the Spirit of God in your life so that your flesh grows smaller and the Holy Spirit in you gets bigger and you love God more and you start to see significant change doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. Well, what if today you decided to take an intentional step? What if today you decided to take an intentional step? John, if you can just come on out, man. I ask John to come out here and play for us. He's going to sing us a song in a second. See, some of you, there is a thought pattern in your life that needs to change because that thought pattern constantly feeds the flesh. It constantly says to you, God doesn't forgive you. God doesn't love you. Don't measure up to the grace of God. Mark says it's true for everybody but you, and here's what you do every single week. You say, okay, it's true. Maybe that's not the way that thought pattern works in your life, but some of you, the thought pattern works this way, that you're constantly prone to self-pity. And you look at other people, oh, if I was like them, that I'd have enough. You're constantly discouraged because you constantly look at what you don't have instead of what you do have, Jesus. You say, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with it is that you're feeding the flesh. Holy Spirit of God in you right now is saying no more. Today's the day when you make the decision to listen to me and not your flesh. Some of you, you're in a relationship that is sucking the life out of you spiritually. You're with that guy and that girl and you know that you are going farther with them than you ever thought that you would go. And God knows and you know that if it doesn't stop, a couple of months from now, you won't be here. Because you will have quit. Because you constantly fed the, fed the flesh and gave it what it was. There are married couples in the room right now, and you know it, but your spouse doesn't know it, but you're really close to having an affair. Oh, well, what's wrong with that text message? Oh, what's wrong with that email? What's wrong with hanging out a little bit after work so that I can be with that person? They appreciate me. I'll tell you what's wrong with it. You're feeding the flesh. Well, you say, Mark, I'll never give in to it. Yes, you will. You're not special. You're not the exception. You are not strong enough. It is going to win unless today it's cut off. Some of you know that you need to give your life to Jesus and you've never done it. Just constantly hop it off. I'll do it next week. You're not guaranteed. You're here today, though. Do it today. Some of you, God is leading you to do something. Maybe it's getting baptized on Baptism Sunday. You've given your life to Jesus, and you know that that's the very first thing that He calls you to do. But you said, I'll do that later. Not right now. I I have people say this to me. Oh, Mark, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. It's probably because you ate something bad for dinner the night before. It doesn't feel right. I went to Taco Bell a couple too many times. Jesus says, do it, do it. Because listen, the reason it doesn't feel right is there's a part of you that doesn't want to do it. And if you keep feeding it, feeding it, feeding it, you're going to talk yourself out of it. What if today was the day that you looked at the flesh and you said, it's over. Because the Spirit of God is in me. You do not define me. You're not my boss. It can happen with a decision. So here's what I want us to do today. 
I believe that God is speaking to you. I believe God is speaking to every single one of us. Speaking to me, speaking to you, because the flesh is alive and well. And every, the best of us, the best of us is true. And the flesh needs to die. Stop, let's stop waving the white flag. Let's stop playing games with stuff that Jesus went to the slaughterhouse for. And let's just say, hey, today, Jesus, I'm not, I'm not going to play any more games in this area. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that decision. I'm going to take the hard steps. I'm going to do what needs to be done. And so here's what I want you to do. John's going to sing a song for us. And while he's singing, I just want you to reflect on what you've heard and spend some time in prayer and say, God, what in me needs to die? And just let God speak to you because I believe that he will today. I believe that God still speaks. And he wants to speak to you. Say, God, what in me needs to be starved? What do I need to quit feeding? So as John sings, and I'll come back after he's done, time of invitation, but I want you guys to reflect, God, what needs to change in me? Reflect on what you've heard, and I believe God's going to speak to you. I'll come back. I want you to listen to John. You guys pray, reflect, back and sing. Leave it all behind Leave it all behind Leave it all behind I have what you need But you keep on searching I've done all the work But you keep on working When you're running on empty can't find the remedy you just come to the well you spend your whole life chasing what's missing but that empty inside we just ain't gonna listen nothing can satisfy and the world leaves you high and dry Come to the well And all who thirst will thirst no more And all who search will find what their souls long for The world can try but can never feel Leave it all Today's the day you need to do that. Today's the day some of you need to come to the well. You need to come to Jesus for the very first time and stop, stop selling yourself short on things that don't satisfy 
And you know from experience what I'm saying is true because you've went to that guy or that girl, you've went to that thing, you've bought enough stuff because you thought that you could find wholeness, peace, happiness, everything that you're looking for. You thought you could find it in that and it satisfied for a little bit and here you are today and you're still thirsty. The reason you're still thirsty is because you were not made for anything in this world. You were made for Jesus Christ. Christians, it's time to come to the well again. It's time to stop playing games with stuff that is going to take you out. It is time to starve the flesh. And I believe that the Holy Spirit of God will give you the strength that you need, not simply to pray some prayers, but to pray some prayers and to take the necessary steps towards action. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in the room right now, God. God, there are people here that are tired of going to the well of the world and just being left empty and thirsty. There are Christians in the room and they are playing with stuff that is going to destroy them. They're, they are feeding the flesh. And, and even though outside it might not look like they're doing anything really bad, they look at their, well, what's wrong with this? But, but God, you know that their heart just goes further and further away from you. I wonder if there are Christians with every single head bowed and eye closed. I wonder if there are Christians in the room and you would say, Mark, God has spoken to me about an issue in my life and I need to take some necessary steps to get it out. Would you just raise your hand right now? Don't feed the flesh and say, who's, gonna, who, who's looking at me? Who, who's wondering? Hands are going up right now. Just keep those hands coming up. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You put that hand down. God bless you. Anybody else? You would say, Mark, God has spoken to me. There are things in my life, and I, I, I want to take the steps to get it out. Anybody else? Listen, don't let the flesh talk you out of doing what you need to do. Some of you are here though and you know that you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You know you're not a Christian. Maybe you come here every week and you've been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Maybe you're here and you said, well you know what, surely I'm a Christian. I prayed a prayer at one time in my life, but you know and God knows that prayer that you prayed at one point in your life doesn't leave you here today with a relationship with Jesus. Because Christianity is not about praying some prayer so that you don't go to hell. Christianity is about having a relationship, a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And you're here and you know that you don't have it. If you are here and you say, Mark, I don't know what would happen to me if I were to die today. Mark, I don't know if I, I I'm not 100% certain that I have a relationship with Jesus. But Mark, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to be a Christian. I want to be saved. Listen, if that's you, you don't have to go out and keep a bunch of rules. You don't got to go out and, and try to do all kinds of different things to try to earn your way to have a relationship with Jesus. Everything has already been done for you. Jesus came for you and died for your sins and he came back to life so that right now, if you just respond to him, the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And if you do that, then you will leave today a new creation. So if that's you today, you say, Mark, I want a relationship with Jesus. Nobody is looking around. 
But I'm going to count to three, and when I get to three, I want you just to raise your hand. You say, Mark, I want to have a relationship with you. And listen, don't care about what other people think about you. You're not going to stand in front of any of these people at the end. You're only going to stand in front of God. The opinions of other people ultimately don't matter. God's opinion is the only one that matters. And if you say, Mark, I don't, I'm not right with God, but I want to be, today it starts. Someone count to three, and if you say, Mark, I want to have a relationship with Jesus, you just raise your hand. One, two, as soon as I say three, don't be afraid. Just shoot your hand up. Three, right now, do it. Anybody in the room? One, there's a hand right there. Another hand. Anybody else? Listen, some of you in the room, I believe that God is moving in a powerful way. And we've got people who are right now in the back of our auditorium. If you would want to pray with somebody about an issue in your life, listen, don't be afraid. You just stand up right now. You go to the back. There's somebody there to pray for you right now. Somebody to take you by the hand and help you and walk you through this. But listen, if you're here and you raised your hand to say, I want to give my life to Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer. These are not magic words, but I just find it helps people. And you just repeat this to God. And, and, and the words... Not the point. The point is Jesus. But if you're here and you've raised your hand, you say, I want to have a relationship with Jesus, you simply pray, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. Save me. I give my life to you. I want to live for you. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your connection card and I want you to flip that card and on the back of it, there's a box that says, I have received Jesus Christ or I just gave my life to Christ. Check that. Check that. And when you leave today, like I said, we've already got people in the back of the auditorium. Give that to them. We've got a free gift for you. Give that to somebody at our connection point. We want to talk to you today. We want to give you a, give you a very special gift from us. We believe that God has done a great work in your life today if you just responded to that. Father, I thank you for the decisions that have been made today, God, to give their, to get to, for people to give their life to you and for people to recommit and for people to starve the flesh. Thank you that Jesus is alive and our flesh is defeated. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And so we have the victory. God, we might not feel like it. We might leave today to the same broken, defeated circumstances we felt like we walked in here today from. But God, when we leave, if we belong to you, we are victorious because Jesus is. And God, we celebrate it today in your name. Amen. Church, let's celebrate that Jesus is alive, that we have the victory, and that decisions have been made today and people will never be the same. Right now, we're going to take up our offering. Our ushers are going to come forward. And we take up an offering every week as a declaration that we belong to God. Uh, offering, we believe this is just as much as part of the worship service as, as singing, as preaching, and, and as everything else. But listen to me, listen to me as our ushers come. Um, if you just made that decision for the very first time, it's not the end for you, okay? It's not the, you, you haven't completed it. You just took your first step. You know? You just took your first step. We want to help you with the rest of the steps. And so if that's you, if you just gave your life to Christ, maybe you made this, hey, you know what, maybe I want to be baptized. Check that on the back of the card. Give that, we've got people in the auditorium back there right now. Give that to them as they leave. All right? And we believe that God has done a work in your life today, and you will never be the same. Our ushers are going to take up the offering. You give as God leads, and our band is going to play us out. Listen, God bless you guys for coming today. And we believe that, that, that many of you are going to come back next week. We hope everybody, if you enjoyed this today, come back next week. 
bring friends, bring people with you. We're going to close out this series strong today. Our band's going to play us out. And listen, when we sing, let's sing like Jesus is alive. And we're excited about it, okay? Our rush is going to take up the offering. Love you guys more than you know. God bless you. See you next week. ushers are finishing the offering we invite you to stand with us as we worship before we leave We declare that there is no glory to be had by us, all glory to God on high. So as we leave this place this morning, let's rejoice in what he has done. And remember that all glory and honor and praise be to him. The cross before me, let's sing together. The cross before me and the world behind, no turning back. Raise the banner high, it's not for me, it's all for you. Let the heavens shake, split the sky, let the people clap, their hands and cry. It's not for us, it's all for you. Not to us, church. Let's sing it out. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. Not to us, but to your name. Sing not to us. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. One more time. Amen. We want to thank you for worshiping with us this morning, Summit Community Church. You guys have a great day. Drive safely, and we'll see you next week. God bless you.